Anyway, my mic suddenly cut out, so you probably didn't hear anything for a little while. I don't know. I'll, I'll get back to it later. My apologies to anybody who's paying attention if they aren't. I'll cut this together later and maybe re-upload it. So, anyway. So, looking back at this, so the next tweet that I uh, was going to go to was, uh, Would the global groups use a pandemic to solve their climate change problems? Falsify the climate the climate change issue for control, resource control. Team up with people who committed genocide, traffic kids for blackmail. Well, yeah, of course they would. Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum with Xi Jinping. Special address by these two. That was done in Agenda 21, 2021. So, yeah, these people love to hang out together. Uh, so, of course, Xi hanging out with the UN... Um, President, I forget what his name is. He's a he's a messed up dude. Uh, and then of course you yeah, have Bill Gates has warned about population growth. Of course, while he's experimenting on kids in Africa, pretty much. Then you got Boris Johnson, who's sent in center with this stuff with his uh, dingling female that he's with now. Would uh, incessantly pushing zoo zoonotic or origins of the virus and conflate COVID with climate change in order to usher in a new financial system? While these questions would normally sound batshit crazy, we are not in normal times. That's correct. We are not in... They've been pushing this stuff for a long time. So, they push the, they push the climate change, they push all these... They've been using fires that they preset uh, on their own because these people are not exactly... They're not operating from a place of kindness and respect for the rest of us. Um, so, I want to check on something here real quick. Um, anyway. Got to send a message here. <laughs> uh, anyway. What I'm getting at here is with this uh, transhuman stuff is... Uh, so, we have a lot of the same people... So, I'm uh, sorry, I got uh, sidetracked here. So, when you're talking about the climate change issue, uh, they're pushing this to get what they want. Uh, they they flood the zone with all these these panic articles to get the get their sheep in line to, to go along with this this whole objective and agenda. And of course, they do it because they've been scared into believing that the world's going to end in 12 years by people like AOC. They always use women, by the way. To promote their concepts and ideology, because uh, they they they're a pretty face. That's basically what it boils down to. It's easy to sell something when you use the right. You know, it's all about looks and perception on the outside. It, it isn't really about numbers. You never see them do a presentation to show you why this stuff is. Uh, they've they've uh, been known to do more than one time. They've created documents that were falsified. Uh, people like Michael Crichton noticed this and, and called him out on this. Michael Crichton isn't here anymore, but this is about 15, 16 years ago. I determined that they were lying to people. So, let me see here. So the next thing, there's a lot to these threads. So Jesse talks again. The same economic advisor to both Clinton and Obama who would give Epstein an office at Harvard. Advocate for China into the World Trade Organization fostered outsourcing of U.S. to China, etc. Shouldn't we be, uh, shouldn't be questioned as involved something more sinister or at least zealously driven towards flawed ideology? So when, for example, uh, uh, Twitter's, God, Twitter's getting worse. When Harvard President Larry Summers, economic advisor for, uh, to Obama and Clinton, honeymooned with Epstein Island, was on multiple Lolita Express flights and was integral to getting China into the World Trade Organization. Do you think those administrations had U.S. citizens' interests in mind? The answer is no. Because uh, I remember Summers is, yeah, part and parcel to the World Trade Organization when they decoupled uh, human rights from trade rights. They did that back in 1994. So he was uh, actually the Undersecretary for International Affairs 
from 91 through 93, he served as a chief economist for the World Bank, where he was designing these strategies for a whole host of companies. So yeah, he also played an important role in negotiating the United States Agreement to allow China to join the World Trade Organization. Uh, so yeah, they make a big deal on their, their ability to, you know, uh, goose the market to get it to go upwards for a long time. So I gotta go back a thread. Hopefully I can uh, get this. Uh, this is your answer question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, been trying to put one together, Donald. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, so going back to this uh, prior thread, there's a lot of information. Um, so the next thing, uh, this is a little bit, go back to, so what's the big deal here? Okay, well the next one is this. In 2015, representatives for Gates and uh, Benioff, and it's spelled B-E-N-I-O-F-F who he's a rich billionaire they made a lot of wealth by hooking people up to subscriptions to software or software as a service to meet healthcare uh, tech biotech wearables and then what now appears to be vaccine subscriptions see this has all been a part of a little rollout plan that Gates and them had worked out actually in 2010 and I say 2010 because that was when uh he uh, set up the, the council for a decade of vaccine through the Gates Foundation. And so, um, and Fauci was a part of that council. Um, they put that together and uh, Gates in 2012 was involved with a guy named Robert Langer, who's the co-founder of Moderna. And Gates and him were kicking around stuff at MIT, the same place that uh, Jeffrey Epstein was involved in and made a... I think a two or three dollar grant or a donation to MIT in 2012 to their philanthropy. See, most of this stuff is being handled through NGOs. Um, we we think of the governmental organizations, which are important, but and we think of the billionaires who are running these massive corporations who are uh, um, getting involved with you know, these public-private partnerships. But the NGOs are where they really make their money because that's where they're stashing their cash. Uh, that's where they're using grants to contort science to the direction that they want. And scientists are, you know, they may be very smart and they may even see what the objective is or they may always believe in the goodness behind it. I mean, if I always talk about the good side of something but I never talk about the downside... Uh, or if they mention it, they'll say, well, I guess you could do it that way. I guess you could be malevolent with it, but we'll never do that. They always, you know, <laughs> if you've dealt with a sociopath or psychopath, they'll, they'll, play, they'll, they'll downplay the downside, of course, because they don't want you to be too aware of what they're really after. I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, we're, there's, a, there's a reason why the same people circle in the same circles all the time. So... Um, let's see here. I'm going to look at here whether this is interesting. So, yeah. Uh, so they had this uh, event, this unusual event, which occurred May 5th at the Rockefeller University in New York. It was an unprecedented gathering of the world's wealthiest and most, gener and most generous people. Together, the philanthropists in the room have committed a total of more than $72.5 billion to charitable causes since 1996, according to the Chronicle of Philanthropy Tallies. So, when you're throwing around that kind of money, you can buy a lot of scientists and you can buy a lot of opinions to get what you want. And a lot of people feel beholden to that certain circumstance. Um, so, in 2017, according to Jesse, Tedros and Schwab discussed future collaboration of the World Health Organization and World Economic Forum. In November of 2019, they discussed progress in health and development to deliver UN so they were uh, they were having this conversation and I see a picture of Tedros with uh, Klaus Schwab in uh, November of 2017 
and so and then they're I mean they took multiple pictures and then, then two years later they're they're once again talking with Professor Schwab and Tedros Tedros uh, Adagali uh, I can't even spell say his name but he's a Ethiopian um, <coughs> who is known for his uh, let's just say his attachment to uh, literally a terrorist organization inside Ethiopia. He's not an actual doctor. He's um, I mean, when I say actual doctor, he's as much of a medical doctor as I am. But you know, he got it. He managed to buy his degree, so he got where he wanted to get because he's a he's a he's a well uh, he's a face man. He can and he represents you know the diversity that needs to be in place in order to sell this to make it seem like you know it's being run by the right people so so March March 18th of 2020 he was talking about how the WHO, UNICEF and World Bank the World Bank are creating a global security stockpile approach to solving supply chain problems really my thanks to the World Economic Forum's Klaus Schwab Borg Brindy and all business leaders for their commitments. Solidarity. Solidarity. Uh, we've already we already heard about solidarity. That's a commie term. So just so you know. Uh, so next one. G7 leaders abandon their individual liber- liberty-centric models while implementing draconian top-down um, top-down lockdowns plus the vaccine measures. They're stripping you of your electoral representation and imposing mechanisms that funnel you into irreversible human augmentation without a vote, forced via corporate terms of service. So he, he uh, has a link to an article from the UK government, Human Augmentation, the Dawn of a New Paradigm. So yeah, this is what they're publishing. This is published by the Ministry of Defense. So... Understanding human augmentation. So yeah, the idea is, is to turn you into the bionic man, turn you into the six, six, six billion dollar uh, entity. But if we're going to have a six billion dollar entity walking around the earth, we can't have a whole lot of them. We certainly can't have seven billion of them. So you figure it out. Uh, they need a, they need a well controlled uh, population. So uh, let's see here. Uh, their key deductions and insights. So this guy captured this page. Let's see if I can go through and find something on here that kind of sticks out. The use of science and technology to optimize human performance has assigned significant potential to deliver transformative effects. Oh yes, transformative. They always use these massive. They use these big terms. You know, big ideas, big strategies but they never deal delve too much into the details because if they did a lot of people would would never sign on to it young people love love change that's why they use young people all the time because what else does a young person know but change at a young age they don't understand stability or or understand uh, historical breadth and scope they they think they do they think because they've read a lot of books they they may even think they're highly attuned to what what it's like to actually understand something so anyway here's a so amongst these things is a safer methods safer methods such as CRISPR has beginning to change the ethical standpoint on genetic engineering hmm so to change the ethical standpoint so the gene editing that's what CRISPR technology is basically they're trying to they're trying to improve the human being in, as early as in the womb by doing editing of genes they want to play God let's just be put it straight to the point uh, they want to uh, modify human beings on a subcellular level they want to modify their genes to to basically selective it's basically eugenesis uh, uh, concept you know select the right genes discard the wrong genes so if you have the wrong genes of course you know they're going to they say they're going to fix and improve it, but why would they? I mean, really, they're gonna they're gonna go in there and they're gonna say, well, the, I mean, here here here's where this is the this is the where the money is. So let's just take you to an average person. They have, I think, was it like thirty thousand gene sets, thirty thousand genetic 
alterations in their gene. It's probably much more than that, but say thirty thousand. They, the thing is, to say it cost, let's just say it cost a thousand dollar per gene edit. So if they have a person that's really good and they say there's only like three or four edits, okay, that's a, like a forty or fifty thousand dollar operation. But what if a person has like they run a test and that person has three hundred bad genes? Well. And they say, well, God, they make all those edits and cost X. But we're just not going to do that. So they're just going to say, well, why do we even bother with this person? See, that's what they're going to do. It's all going to come down to a cost evaluation. When it gets right down to it, these people are just cold-hearted and cold-blooded. They don't care about God. They don't care about anything but what their technology tells them to do. They'll do a cost-benefit analysis. That's what they do with uh, end-of-life stuff. So, so brain interfaces are attracting significant funding and here potential to deliver radical enhancement. Yeah, radical brain interfaces. So they're all about radical enhancements. So let's see, what else are they gonna do? Okay, non-invasive brain interfaces offer a balance between transformative performance and ethical acceptability. <laughs> see, they're just, they're just eliminating the idea of bioethics and ethical behavior with medicine. So next one. Pharmaceuticals are, are one of the most prevalent forms of augmentation in a field that is rapidly changing. Pharmaceutical effects are modest in comparison to the potentials of genetics and brain interfaces and adverse side effects often negate their benefits. See, they're already talking about, you know, side effects, benefits, you know, this is a value judgment. They're going to make, they want total control from the top and they want you to see control of your life to them so that they can make value judgments based upon what they assess you as. And yet here they, they think we're supposed to trust them based upon the way they've already acted. There's no ethic, there's nothing ethical about any of this. And this, this thread goes on about the same thing, talking about bacteria talking about the Brookings uh, Internet of Bio-Nano-Nothings. Nano so they have all these little terms that come up. Um, <laughs> so he did a tweet on July 22nd. You can stick, a head, stick your head in the sand, pretend it's a conspiracy theory, see it's happening and assume it's the West versus East and accept your liberties need subjugation for West to maintain hegemony. See the architect's were facilitators of the Epstein, Ghislaine uh, Maxwell, and questioned their benevolence. Yes, of course. See, if they're facilitating somebody like Epstein, who was involved in this stuff, and because he was too close to their their actual criminal criminal activities, and they had to get rid of him so that they could cut out the quote unquote middleman, who could get him in trouble because if he exposed what they were into and what they were involved in. Uh, if he sung like a canary that would cease their plan so they had to get rid of him but of course you know it would be nice if people actually would uh, get to the root cause and, and investigate you notice the FBI in the two years since this happened to Epstein hasn't rolled out any more new information but yet they, we know they collected information off this island including videotapes and CDs you'll never see any of that Epstein's being treated like JFK You'll, you'll be dead before they'll ever let anybody know what really was going on there and how much how much videotape was taken. And he, he had the whole cachet. This is assuming that they've even kept it. They may have already destroyed all the evidence because the FBI is good for that too. They're morally bankrupt, but they like to keep stuff around usually because uh, just in case they need to leverage on somebody, they can always harken back and say, you know, we still have this uh, videotape. And if you don't do what we tell you to do, we can roll this thing out and we can end your career. This is the world we live in. We have people who are so unethical and so morally bankrupt that blackmailing and criminal conspiracy cover-ups are just like like doing underwear on your Wednesday laundry session. So, he comes on to say, at the time of this writing, I perceived the intent of this 2019 World Economic Forum UN merger as global so socialism. That was incorrect. 
this technocracy includes facets from capitalism and communism. Main takeaway is that global governance model, extinguishing your individual sovereignty, which is pretty spot on. I mean, I uh, I called it that too. It's a marriage. It's a it's a marriage of a whole host of things. This is part of the 2030 agenda. Agenda, and they are financing it. And they need climate change. Climate change is a total hustle. Because the funny thing is, is like just recently, China told told uh, John Kerry to go piss up a tree. Basically, um, <laughs> he said they said we have our own agenda, and this is probably where this is falling falling into two camps. So I think the Chinese, you know, were were called on to create this virus, and the United States was involved in it. The, the, the Democratic Party, in particular, because Fauci loved Hillary Clinton. I mean, going back many years and worked obviously for Clinton's administration at the NIAD before he worked for Donald Trump. And he spent all his time when he was under Donald Trump trying to sabotage him. I mean, if you really go back, I mean, from 2017, he was predicting that he was going to have, that uh, the Trump administration was going to face some some kind of uh, crisis on his watch. Well, Lo and behold, his prediction came true. One can only imagine that he was he was actively doing that. He was probably called on to do this <clears throat> by, uh, and he may he may have already had that plan for others. But I don't think if Hillary Clinton would have been in office, they would have sabotaged her quite this way. With the Biden. certainly the media would have treated her wholly different, just like they treat Biden, just like they treat Biden wholly differently. People don't realize, or certainly don't see between the lines and this isn't to say Trump is like some magic you know magic cure to this he isn't but it is indicative of how the media uh, frames the positions of uh, different people who happen to be in charge so they criticize everything Trump did good bad or ill but Biden they give him all the credit on the on the COVID because that's the only issue he can consistently um play stupid to <laughs> while doing all the other stupid stuff he's done all the evil stuff he's done let's be clear just had to listen to that so this letter goes on talks about health digital cooperation so collaboration between the UN and the forum to meet the needs of the fourth industrial revolution will seek to advance global analysis dialogue Standards for digital governance, digital governance, digital inclusiveness. See, they use these buzzwords all the time, inclusiveness. And promote public-private partnerships to address global reskilling and lifelong learning for the future requirements for work and prepare the world's 1.8 billion young people for this transition. See, they're only concerned about the young people, it seems like. They don't care about the rest of the people. Yeah, screw them. They don't care. They don't matter. (laughs) <laughs> These people are so, so evil. So anyway, as we go on, you can read all their stuff and try to figure out what the hell they're talking about. The global, the the what do you call it, the, the Klaus Schwabs of the world. Uh, these people are just pathetically. They should never be near power again. So there was lots of interventions. Uh, Biden appointed Maxwell Line Blinken pushes global internet while the World World Economic Forum WHO and Xi advocate for it to be structured like the Great Firewall of China. Imagine that. This was September 6th that he wrote this. Combined with bio-digital IDs now being pushed by the WHO for health, they want to tie your internet behavior to your credit, which is that's known. A digital identity. This is this is this has been known for months, if not year, uh, for our last year by me. So yeah, they have this digital identity. They got healthcare, financial services, food, travel, humanitarian response, e-commerce, social platforms, e-government, telecommunications, quote unquote, smart cities. This has to be stopped. You don't want this. Nobody should want this. Anybody who does want this. Is too blind and too stupid to realize that basically they're gonna they're gonna figure out how, whether you can how you can breathe or not. But of course, 
someone like a Biden administration would gladly push this. So, uh, Ghislaine and Epstein was plus the UN and the World Economic Forum. Everything occurred in current events. These aren't benevolent actors. Yeah, Epstein and, and Ghislaine were involved with more with the Force Industrial Revolutionary Tech, Open Cog AI, Nikolic, George Church, uh, gene editing. Um, so yeah, one of the biggest things I came across was that uh, yeah. So even after his arrest, scientists were more than happy to take money from Jeffrey Epstein. Correct. Uh, one of the bigger ones, and this was published by Fast Company. This was in July 11th of uh, 2019. So OpenCog, from a um, uh, OpenCog uh, created the what's her face? The, oh, what's I? I'll have to look it up real quick here. Sorry, because um, I put it in a put it in a blog. Uh, um, Sophia, I'm sorry. So Sophia came from the OpenCog Foundation, which just so happened to be one of the things that uh, Epstein was involved with, pretty substantially. He had a very, let's say, bland website that looked like it could have been put together by a, you know, a fourth or fifth grader. But yeah, it was funded by an AI scientist, Ben Gertzel. Mr. Gertzel is the CEO of an AI software company called Novamente and bioinformatics company called Biomine. He was the chief technology officer of a biopharma firm called Genescient Corp, vice chairman of Humani advisor to the Singularity University and Singularity Institute, external research professor at Jiamen University in China. So anyway, the reason why that's important is that, you know, Gertzel was, uh, he was making a lot of travels about the time that uh, this virus kicked off and he went from being over in, in China, Beijing, I think he went through China, Shanghai, or Shanghai, then he went to, uh, Hong Kong, and then he came over to the United States, and he did this all. He was getting the, through the travel if, uh, restrictions willy-nilly pretty easily. Then he landed in uh, Washington State, and uh, I think it was late April, late no, not late April, late March, near Seattle, Washington, which just so happens to be where Bill Gates is uh, hovering around at Redmond, uh, the the whole uh, metropolis that is around the Seattle area. Microsoft, Redmond, I think Redmond is where uh, Gates is at. I'm sure there'll be somebody that can correct me on that, but the point is, is it, it, it is interesting that someone is making these trips and um, working to um, move along technology and humanity in the same vein. <clears throat> So, IBN.org. So, this is a technology company was involved with them. Um, so, I'm looking at all these little snippets this guy put together for the fourth and jo- The human value chain. So, you're a value chain to these people. They're looking for return on investment. So, obviously, if you don't have a good genomic markers, you know, they see you as a high-cost human that you don't have enough return on investment so therefore you're not useful to their objective. This is your this is scientism and this is pure con- this is the communist thinking. They despise people so much. They despise individuality. They don't see anything useful in that. They they want a collective of people that they want to call superstars. <clears throat> it's brave new world thinking, you know, alpha beta, you know, that kind of deal. It's very, it's very sinister. And like I said, these people aren't good moral characters. We know that. They, they, they'll kill on a, kill in a New York Minute. So this is from, this was uh, actually uh, August 1st of 2019. It was written by Katie Henning. What is transhumanism? And that was what Jeffrey Epstein was into. So... The science of improving human populations through technologies like genetic engineering and artificial intelligence. So, and then I'm sure she went through a long process trying to figure this out. So it turns out like uh, uh, Jesse did another little thread on uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, whose sister Isabel is a technology pioneer 
for the World Economic Forum. <laughs> so you can only imagine what that's like. It appears Ghislaine uh, Epstein, or pedophilia blackmailing honeypot scheme, was most likely designed to control people in power and influence to move us closer to a one-world technocratic socialist government that Klaus Schwab is pushing. He, he wrote that in September 2020, so he was catching on real quick. Uh, he, and, and then he wrote the next September 4th. I've not read his book, but this, this was Klaus Schwab's book but likely lays out some of the sociopath's plans. Judging by the reviews, it appears to lay out their intentions. <laughs> yes, it does. It's no coincidence that the World Economic Forum is pushing the Great Reset while exploiting climate change at the same time the IMF is discussing a new Bretton Woods and the U.S. is approaching 0% interest rates with the global reserve currency, which is correct. See, this is this operates on multiple levels. This is one of the reasons why they're pumping so much money. This is why they're treasury. This is why everybody. This is the billionaires and the people at the very top. This is their this is their cash out moment. See, anytime that the markets are no longer functioning in a rational way, like they're not based upon reality, they're based upon just how much cash is being goosed into the market, which is where we're at. Um, the treasury right now we have from 2008 to now there's been 25 to 25 to 27 trillion dollars worth of money has been pumped into the market by the, the by the central banks so we had about 6 trillion in central bank uh, funding in 2008 we're up to 31 trillion uh, so there's a 25 this is gonna. This is what's influencing the S and P 500, which has done a true double since it hit the bottom in March of 2020, like March 18th or 16th or some shit. It got down to like 2,200. It crashed down. When I say crashed, it just fell from its then highs were like right around 3,000 or so, which a lot of that was central bank money. So that's no different. But when they pumped it up, they they they're trying this modern monetary theory where they're just pumping pumping cash all the way into it. So they kept on pumping cash, and they haven't stopped, and they're not going to stop. What they're doing is that they're paying off the billionaires. The billionaires have gotten richer and richer and richer. There's like eight, probably before there was like one guy that was worth a hundred billion dollars. Now there's like eight or nine or ten of them, and probably more than that. So they're strip mining us of all of our capital, all of our resources, all the middle class. And when I say all, all of our, so the poor people are going to be absolute destitute and the middle class is going to be erased. That's what the whole point of this is. They've literally pulled money out of people that are hardworking individuals who didn't, had nothing to do with this stuff. They created a viral panic to get what they wanted and now they're going to bust the market. And when they bust the market, of course, the cash is already in these people's pockets because they've already invested in hard assets. I mean, because literally they sucked the money out of your pocket. They turned around and put the cash flows into land and water and anything hard that they could get their hands on, uh, gold, um, anything they can, anything they actually can control through a deed. Meanwhile, like you, they like all of us. You went from maybe being saying having an asset and then they've drained you dry because you couldn't use your asset. Because you didn't use your asset, uh, you ran your cash poor probably at this point. You don't have any cash and only cash you've gotten has been subsistence. So you lost your sales and then of course your asset is turned into debt. Because you can't, if you, like you were paying on it, you can't, you can barely pay it. So what's going to happen when they collapse the market and your sales go to shit and there's nobody there to buy it, there's nobody left to buy uh, your product or your goods or no one to produce them, then they're going to destroy the middle class. The rich people will be fine. They always are because they're going to own all the water, all the land. That's what BlackRock and Vanguard are doing too. That's the reason why they have 9 and $10 trillion worth of assets under management. Those are holding companies. For all the that hold stocks and all the other companies, but that's just so that the billionaires can. That's their cash out point. So they're going to cash out. They're going to leave everybody else destitute, and then they're going to turn it all over and say, "Well, they're going to come back and they're going to say, well, the world needs to be run by this world government shit.'" 
and we're going to be under their thumb. They're getting ready to do this on all of us. And so, I don't know. It, it, it boggles the mind. So, anyway, uh, going through this thread again. Uh, <laughs> and then you got the Terra Mars involved with. Um, so, Maxwell was involved with some shady stuff. Uh, another uh, person had done some analysis on Terra Mar attached to the Clinton Foundation. And Clinton is tied to Vanguard. Uh, let's see. Where does China tie into all this? Well, it seems I've been given a new piece to the puzzle. The Rockefeller has more involvement than just in the common pass. So, yeah. So, there's uh, there's a lot of people that are involved with uh, China and on other levels. Um, and they may be uh, doing... Um, doing side deals and trades and I'll be the first to admit I can't I haven't kept up with everything that China is involved with this and but China may have broken with this just recently because that's the reason why they probably had their their mitts into Biden they may have uh, they may have blackmailed him and, into doing the things he did in Afghanistan because the idea was to I mean if there's 80 billion dollars worth of military equipment there the Chinese that's kind of like a slight payoff they're going to come in along with uh, Pakistan, and they're going to pick through that. They're going to take over our Air Force Base that we or a base that we put together in Bagram. Um, yeah, they're going to have a super terrorist state that they can uh, antagonize Europe with uh, and cause massive uh, disruption throughout the Middle East because they don't want peace. And China's looking to attack Taiwan, and this is also to uh, cover up for their. Uh, economic collapse as well because they know it's coming but you know they're used to having economic collapse um, starving their peoples nothing unusual for them that's the reason why they have the largest standing army in the world I think they have like 50 or 60 million soldiers they're going to deploy them to keep everybody under um, under control so let's see here I'm just looking at the <laughs> Looking at the rest of this thread, he, he's dug into a lot of this stuff, which I give him total credit. Uh, uh, as far as Car, Car, uh, Carlo Vigano is one of the few speaking out, he's talking about the this uh, this uh, malfeasance, which he was trying to call call out the fact that the current pope is into this because the current pope has gotten money from the Chinese Communist Party, so. Uh, yeah, there's just there's all kinds of there's all kinds of interaction of people that are involved in this and who they are involved with. So like Henry Paulson's involved with this, Lord Brown, let's see, Lloyd Lloyd Blank find. Oh uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of this. Tim Cook, Michael Dell, Jamie Diamond, Lawrence Fink, William Ford. Victor Fung, so I'm just looking. These are people that were involved with Xi's uh, alma mater, which is uh, Seng Shui University Advisory Board Committee. So many of them are on the board of the Great Reset, of course. Uh, and it was where Biden gave a gave a speech suggesting we should be happy to hop in bed with China. So Vice President Biden, that's one of the places he, one of his stops in his prior life as Vice President was at this university where Xi was at. And of course we know Biden has spent more time with Xi according to his own lips than any other president in priorly in history. So with Xi or the Chinese. So this is just uh yeah, he just gets worse and worse if you keep on looking at this. So and then have uh this is an excellent thread. I mean, it's well, this is like hours worth of work to put this all together. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So back in back in uh, September six, Jesse pointed out that here's one of Harvard's gene editing pioneers, George Church. Yeah, as a guest on the joint Vatican Clinton event. So when the Vatican invited the Clintons there, Chelsea and Hillary. And they were supporting, supposedly reaffirming life, but yet supporting abortion. Don't I, don't ask me how that works as a Catholic. It doesn't. 
but Catholics are known to be notorious anymore to be um, not actually living up to the expectations of the Bible. And there's people out there that you know tried to make it like tried to equate uh, abortion to the death penalty and, and all this other kind of garbage. The difference is the death penalty is for people who have actually committed crimes that are worthy of worthy of that that uh, criminal result or that ultimate result. And it should be something that should be sought with a lot of with a lot of rarity. But if someone's actually committed such crimes against another person and we can you know verify it we know it's obvious and they did it with such a malintent then the loss of their life is undoubtedly justified we all have bad feelings about other people but if we acted on every bad feeling we have about other people this world would be chaos the same thing can be said about abortion why does why does uh, why does a young woman or any woman of any age think that aborting a, a child that they just they say well I can't afford it or I don't I, I shouldn't I, I feel like I had a mistaken sexual interaction with some guy well first of all maybe you shouldn't have uh, interacted sexually with the person to begin with if it was done very early in the quote unquote the interaction with that person you know within days or maybe even a week or two of knowing them what were you thinking? You weren't thinking. That's the pro that's the problem. And of course they don't. They say, well, he didn't have to. It's like, oh, of course, of course, he didn't have to have sex with you, and you didn't have to have sex with him. I mean, if it wasn't, uh, if you're just trying to avoid accountability for your actions in life, I mean, that's where values have to be learned and taught. So, a lot of people, that's that's where we get into the problem with the, the this. Uh, this idea that life shouldn't matter uh, because you know, unless I say it does which is putting yourself at the, making yourself God you're the one that decides who lives or dies irrespective of, of the fact that uh, yeah, life is supposed to be important no matter what you never know, I, I, it's amazing to me too that women don't realize that maybe they may be killing the, the person who solves a problem that we all need solving and based upon their desire to get rid of the this future uh, productive person or doesn't even have to be productive it could just when I say productive I mean productivity is relative to how you measure it uh, maybe their greatest achievement is being being alive and being happy and being a good friend and walking the earth and providing happiness for other people I mean that is a valuable aspect too there are some people that can do that. So here. So there's a whole host of. Uh, let me see if I can play this. This is uh, the uh, he included a video here of Mr. Klaus Schwab. Let's see if it. Robot polisher. That's how he, he he 
You lo love how he, he positioned that real quick. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, the robot polishers. <laughs> so, there's a lot of people that buy into this stuff. It's amazing to watch left-wing Twitter blow up over stuff like this and thinking it's actually a good thing. So, oh boy, you can just go through this. We have this idea called inclusive capitalism. They love that word inclusive. It just sounds so wonderful. They love, they, you know, there was people that sat around, believe me, in a brainstorming session to, to pick out words and terms to, to sell this idea to all these people, to sell it to, to, the, to the masses, to the rather dumbed down masses. To keep them ginned up over the fears of, of COVID-19 and vaccinations and masks. They definitely wanted masks because they didn't want you to see. They want to, they want to turn people into dumb, compliant sheep that will eventually not have, any, have enough, uh, what would you say, mechanisms to coalesce into any kind of force that they have to deal with. They hate it when, they hate nationalism. I mean that's right out of Klaus's mouth. He hates. He sees these national. He calls them nationalistic forces. So yeah, globalistic forces are so much more tolerant, which is total bullshit if you think about it. Uh, the idea of having a culture like the French, or the Brits, or even the Germans for F's sake, uh, be you know, turned into these multicultural pots, which the United States has been very fairly adaptable to do. But it's a rare it's a rarity and if you really get into the nuances of the United States, you realize certain regions have their own characteristics. So like the, the Pacific Northwest has a different has a, a specific uh, tells to it, just like the Northeast. New York is different from Texas, though that hasn't stopped people from trying to turn Austin has turned into a shithole because it's filled with libtards that come down there and they think they, they think they should run the place. Like Elon Musk, he transferred all his stupid lip shit uh, thinking. And I'm sorry, it is the it is the it is the left and it is the quote unquote liberals who come in and they wreck everything that they get their hands on because they think they bring along such great ideas. They don't bring along crappy ideas they're young they're impressionable the ones that are older believe this stuff they just never change they don't understand that stasis or lack of having a more uh, solid foundation is actually a good idea they sell their they sell change as being something very important this is coming from somebody who studied industrial engineering and got a degree in it if you've ever met industrial engineers they're supposed to come in and change work at a facility change to improve it uh, they're often turned on or to use uh, kaizen methods to make better change on the floor a lot of this hokum because a lot of companies all they're really trying to do is try to get squeeze more labor out of the people for less cost they, they're looking to cut heads and they always, in America, bastardized this, and they said, "Well, we, we, you know, you know." At first, it was, "Well, we're going to do this one time. We're going to do a great job with it. We're, we're only, we, we're not seeking to eliminate jobs. We're looking to redeploy people better to get better productivity." That only works. The optimization only works is if you can actually grow your company's uh, sales or. Make it so that you can, being a more efficient and getting it done, being more efficient so to make more sales, be more efficient, and have the same labor worth the same number of hours to produce, the same, to produce more benefit. That isn't normally what happens. Most companies reach a, um, a plateau, and that's the reason why they have such problems, because they don't, uh, the market, when you throw all this capital on top of everything, the market doesn't doesn't reward people that are stable. It rewards people that uh, want to operate at the extremes, that uh, want to goose the market in order to to get what they want. And actually, the market likes to goose itself because the more times it oscillates up and down, the more times you can take money from the top, take money at the bottom, 
and keep on repeating that cycle. They want those uh, number of opportunities to increase over a course of a year. Stasis pisses off people who are, are basically they want a casino. They want something where they can can uh, exploit certain segments of the market, and it's much easier to to have have some uh, money in stability, but for the most part, it doesn't. And people like to see, you know, this upward. This they want that left. They want the the line to be going up towards the far uh, the right corner of the graph. And of course, it helps when you have a treasury that's more than willing to do that. So anyway, uh, so here's a here's another uh, tweet I'm going to go over. FBI will stop this, right? So. When they uh, when they are attending Klaus Schwab's cyber pandemic event that, that is plastered with the Great Reset, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, agitprop, <laughs> during the time one would have thought they expend efforts investigating the election fraud allegations. So it's funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly what he's trying to get to is the fact that we have all these international conspiracies going on, and yet nobody's doing any actual. Uh, investigation or going after these people for investigating where their money's coming from, where it went to, what kind of uh, hatching and conspiring have they done to do certain things to to manipulate markets, to manipulate science, to manipulate media narratives. So yeah, it's quite <laughs> quite interesting. This person he's found a lot of like there's a talking about uh, a guy named Amir Dossel for the COVID tech team. He was just Lane Maxwell's Terra Mardmore. He was Humpty Dumpty Institute wife brother Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey's brother Mark. So <laughs> he's got a lot of sarcasm in this tweet. So yeah, that's interesting. The the people that are all they're all in embedded with each other. If you look at the 990 Fs of these corporations, you can find out who's involved with, like, uh, you know, you got names like Irene Pritzker, uh, Amir Docile. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all buried in here. Uh, the endor- who's endorsing these projects, who's involved with them, who created this stuff. It's really sick because when you start getting into it, you find out that these these uh, all this money is flowing through these NGOs, corporations, and they're pushing these narratives through the media, and they own this. So, yeah, I didn't know about it. I didn't know about this Amir doll, but yeah, uh, Amir Dasal is one billion dollar donation to manage. So, anyway, yeah, you can. This, this thread just has so many rabbit holes. You could spend hours on this thread alone and trying to double check and verify all this stuff. It's quite entertaining. I'm going to have to go back to it eventually. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm going to cut this off finally. I guess I've said enough. Uh, there's so much going on in the world. Um, this probably won't be one of my better podcasts, but... Uh, I hope uh, my editorializing uh, the tweets that I was just reading, uh, you can read them. I put the links in the description. And I hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you soon.